Come on, church, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Today, God will be speaking to us in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. When you have it, please say amen. And it reads, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy and divine word. Of your amazing grace, Father, we thank you for the power of your word. Father, we're here today, Lord, because we eagerly desire to, uh, Father, understand your purposes for each and every one of our lives. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to you in a fresh way. We pray that, God, that you will bring revelation and bring insight. Father God, would you please give your people, Lord God, what they're needing today, not necessarily what they want, but what they need. And Lord, will you open our hearts and open our minds, Lord, so that we can be and live out wisdom among a crooked and perverse generation. God, we thank you so much, Lord, because as it is written in your word that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge is in Christ Jesus. And so, and so Lord, we come to you today. We set aside our own agendas. We set aside distractions. We set aside everything right now, Lord. Our focus is on you because we need to hear your voice this morning because you're a God that is always speaking. And may we ever be a people listening for your voice. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. 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 You may be seated in the Lord's presence. You know, I like to always start these messages uh, proclaiming that they will be life-changing. And I got to say, probably, out of all the messages I preached that I said would be life-changing, this is probably amongst the top. Um, I can't think of a more relevant subject as it relates to making choices. How many of you are in the midst right now of making some major decisions in, in your lives? Can I see a show of hands? That's almost everybody in the room. You know, they estimate that it's almost 
is some of the professionals that do all these statistical studies. But they say that the average person makes somewhere around 35,000 decisions a day. Now, many of those decisions are small decisions, like, you know, where you're going to eat, you know, when you're driving, what kind of decisions you make when you're behind the wheel, do you eat with a fork, do you eat with a spoon. All of those are decisions that we make. And for the rest of your life, you will be making choices. Your choices determines your destiny. It determines where you land in life. In fact, all of us are here this morning. You are where you are because of choices that you have made in your life, whether good or bad. Some of the choices that we've made are not good choices. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we can become frustrated, even angry at God because God has the power to change it. But how many know that we can't dictate to God how we want God to work in our lives? He's sovereign. He decides to step in when he wants, and, and other times he allows us to experience things. But, but we must always assume, when we, when we come to God, we must always assume that whatever decisions we make in life, we're going to reap the benefits of that decision. In fact, Galatians says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he what? Reap. So if I know that my decision-making is extremely important as it relates to my life, how I many know that we need to approach decision-making very, very carefully? Amen. That we need to take our time and make wise decisions. How I many know God wants you to be wise? Jesus brought an indictment against the church, and he said that the church, he said the people of this world are, are, are more wiser than the children of light. Hosea said that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so my assignment this morning that has been given to me by the Holy Spirit is to give you tools that will help you make wise decisions moving forward. Now, the Apostle Paul had something for those of us who are still kind of stuck in the past and we made some decisions and and some of us, you may be sitting here today, you may be still frustrated. You're thinking to yourself, man, I shouldn't have did that, I shouldn't have did that, I shouldn't have did that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. But the Apostle Paul said that I got to forget those things which are what? Behind, and I got to move ahead. How many know, God, there's grace ahead, amen? amen. Even for your failures, there, are, there is grace ahead. But failure is no excuse to live there when we know better, Amen. God wants you to come to a place in your life that you know better. The children of this world, as Jesus said eloquently, that we're the light of the world. I love to quote that verse because to me what Jesus is essentially saying is that everything that the world needs is embodied in the life of the church and God's people. It all, it's, it's all right there. So God wants you to walk, and God wants you to walk with knowledge and walk with wisdom. Not to over-spiritualize things. And sometimes we do that, particularly as Christians. I don't know what it is, but we have a, a tendency sometimes when we get saved that we tend to abandon our ability to reason and to think. How many know that God made you with that capacity to do that? In fact, in Genesis, I'm just going to jump into it. In Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26, you can just write it down. 
God made you and I, watch this, he made you and I with the capacity and the ability to choose and make choices. Now, that's extremely important. I want you to catch that because you'll miss it. Out of all of God's creation, the Bible says that he created us in his image, in his likeness. There is creative genius inside of you. God has given you a brain, and he expects you to make choices and to choose to do the right thing. So God is never, ever going to give away or he's going to abandon what he's given to you and what you and I are responsible for. You are responsible in this life for the choices that you make. And I know sometimes we like, how I many, sometimes we like to blame other people. Oh, you're the reason, but at the end of the day, you are where you are because you made choices. And we're going to we're going to say we're going to say and, and our prayer today is, Lord, help us to make wise choices. God, help us, Lord, not to make silly decisions and, and mistakes that we've made in the past because you can't change the past, but you can move forward. The question is, how are you going to live moving forward? Because I can't go back and cry over spilt milk. It's done now, baby. It's over. I got to move on. I mean, no, you got to pick up the pieces. and You got to move on. Sound like to me. I need to go golfing, you know. You hit a bad shot, you need to forget it and move on to the next hole. So look at Deuteronomy chapter number 30 and uh, verses 15 through 20. Uh, Brother Jacobs just read that for us. It's our foundational text. The children of Israel had just experienced so many challenges. They had been wandering in the wilderness for some 40-some years. They had went through all kind of trouble, all kinds of turmoil. And now they're at the point where they are brought, they're about to reach their land of promise, the thing that God had promised to them. And so God, speaking through Moses, began to bring some light and to begin to challenge the people. He says in verse 15, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. All right? And that I command you today to love the Lord your God. Now, I want, you to, I want you to stay with me for a moment here. He says now, I command you to love the Lord your God. But how many know that God's command never, ever supersedes choice? All right? So God makes a command, right? He says, I'm commanding you to love the, love your, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. With all your might, with all your mind, with all your strength, love the Lord, walk with me, obey my statutes. But he never, ever gives over the power of choice because you can choose not to do it. That's why he had to make it a command, right? He's making it a command because you can choose whether or not you want to follow the Lord's way or not. Y'all tracking with me? So, so what he's saying, he's, it's the power of choice. I'm setting this before you. He says now, if you walk with me, if you follow my command, if you do what I say, then you will be blessed. You remember Joshua in Joshua chapter 1? The Lord said to Joshua, he said, Joshua, if you meditate in my word day and night, you will have good success. How many of you want to have good success in your life? 
And so, so Moses, God is speaking to Moses. He's saying, look, now, now I'm setting before you life and death, but you got to choose. You make the choice what you want to do. You make the choice. And he's saying that blessing is curse, blessing and cursing is based on what we choose. See, power of choice is powerful, isn't it? What you choose. And so, so we need to come to a place in our lives where we determine, we make up in our minds that whatever God says, we will do. Now, the children of Israel said that. You know, they said Moses, when he would challenge them, that's all God, whatever you say, we will do. Not. Because there were plenty of times they didn't walk with God. And how many know that whenever you don't obey what, God, what God's word clearly says, how many know trouble? It sometimes becomes quick. Sometimes it comes down the road. But you got to understand when you make a choice not to do what God said. Now watch this. Whether you know it or you don't, the word of God is the word of God. His principles are life-changing. They're everlasting. And if he says, if you walk with me, if you do what I tell you to do, you're going to be blessed. So, he, so he, it's like he's giving them an open book test. He, he's telling them, what they got to take, and he's giving them the answers along the way. He choose life. Choose life, and you will, you will live. Choose to obey me, you're going to be blessed. He had to tell them that, like he had to tell me and you that, because we're in conflict sometimes. I know y'all don't want to preach. Y'all don't want to talk to me this morning. But y'all know that sometimes we're in conflict. We don't always want to do what God says. Am I right about it? Be honest. You don't want to do what God said because it don't feel right to your flesh. You've been programmed differently. And in some cases, we've even said, God, it's your fault because you haven't changed. And God is saying the whole time, wait a minute, you chose that. That was your decision. So why are you mad at me? What you upset at me about me did not you choose. Did not you make a choice to work at that place, to live there? I'm just saying... You are responsible for your choices. Now, let's, let's keep on rolling with this. Now, so he says in, uh, look at Proverbs chapter number 9, verses 10 through 11. And we're talking about the beginning of wisdom. Now, I want you to stay with him. I'm just kind of laying a foundation here. Proverbs chapter 10, I'm sorry, chapter 9, verses 10 through 11. When you get there, say amen. Oh, gosh. I got so much in me, I don't even know where to start. Y'all need to pray for me. My mind is going 15 different ways. I'm trying to figure out, Lord, which one you want me to. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wow. All right? And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, watch this. Now, this is good, especially young people. Y'all need to hear it. Old people, too, but especially young people. He said, for by me, your days will be what? Multiply. How many want to live a long life? And your years of life will be added unto you. Now, I, I want you to hear what he's saying. He said, now, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, I, 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 know, I know that there is out there people that think that because, you know, we, we, we see people that prosper and they seem like they're doing well. And they seem like, you know, just like David said in Psalm 73. Y'all to read Psalm 73 every now and then. 
Uh, Psalm 73, uh, uh, David got jealous of the wicked, the prosperity of the wicked. He couldn't figure out. He said, why is it that I'm not, that, 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 that their kids ain't sick? They seem to be doing well. Life is good for them, and I'm here going to church, loving the Lord, and I'm struggling. And, and, and David, had he wrestled with it. He said, what is it? What, 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 what? Why is that? And then, the, then, then it, it proceeds to say, then, then God showed him their end. God gave him a revelation. He said, he went into the house of God, and he got revelation that, that if you ain't with the Lord, it ain't going to be well with you. I don't care who you are. What, what, let me help you with this. See, our nation is known as the, um, the most powerful nation on the planet. Amen? Yeah. Uh, we are called the world leader. But how many know that our, our nation, I'm just going to, can we talk this morning? We are enacting policies and talking about things that goes clearly against the word of God. The problem is you can't prosper that way. But see, uh, let, me, let, me, let me give you this verse. Uh, uh, Proverbs 21.30 says this. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. So every time, I don't care. And how many know that even though our nation is seen as this, this wonderful, perfect place, how many know when you pull back the covers, we got some problems? I mean, the nation is conflict. Our politicians, they're talking about now, they got you know, self-inflicted wounds. They don't even know what to do. They can't make a decision. And I tell you why, because there's a blindness that comes that you don't even understand things that should be normal, you can't get it because you're walking against the way of God. You cannot kick against the pricks and think you're going to have success. See, the nation, see, our nation is a great country, no doubt, but if, if our nation thinks that for one moment that we can continue to fly in the face of God and deny what he says and think we will prosper as a nation, sorry, it ain't going to happen. I don't care what they say. I don't care what books they write. I don't care what power they have. How many know that the word of God is the word of God? Amen. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. He says my word will endure forever. My word is going to always be here whether you like it or you don't. Whether you like it. I mean, his word is his word. And so if we want to talk about wisdom, we're saying, Lord, I want to be wisdom. I want to walk in wisdom, God. I want to walk in wisdom. How many know to walk in wisdom, you got to start with God. You got to start, you got to start with understanding who he is and then understanding who you are in relation to him, which is nothing, by the way. The Bible says we're like grasshoppers. He's the creator God. He's vast. He's all-powerful. So he's the one that determines shapes, times, and events. And there's no wisdom. There's no understanding against the Lord. So if I want to walk in wisdom, I first got to come to the conclusion that, man, I need, I need to figure out what, what God wants. I need to figure out how God says I'm supposed to do a thing. I need to figure out, I need to get a revelation on the word of God, and then I need to stick with it. I need to go with it. Because there's no wisdom, no counsel against the Lord. None. And if you're going to be make wise decisions, you got to come to this place yourself. Us as a, see, sometimes I even know the people of God don't always. We don't even always do what we're supposed to do. So we got to come to a place as a people of God that, that, that we say, we say, Lord, this is hard, but I know that is well with the righteous. 
I know, God, that your word, Father God, is true. And God, even though I may not like it, I'm going to bow down to it because I know in the end it is well with those that walk with God. And you want to walk in, how many of you want to walk in wisdom? Ah, you want to walk in wisdom. See, wisdom is there. Wisdom is there. So I got seven things I'm going to give to you. Now, I want you to, I want you to write these down. And when you write these seven things, these principles down, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that you're going to discover in your life that your decision making is going to be much more efficient, much more on spot. And you're going to find that your life is going to prosper because you are enacting the principles of God. How many know the principle of God? The principles of God. It's life-changing. See, he, he, he enacts principles for a reason. God don't give us principles so we can just read them and say it was a good principle. God give us principles. He give us his word to be obeyed. Right? So if God gives you something and he's going to give it, I'm, I'm telling you this morning, he's going to give you something. You're going to walk, everybody in here, you're going to walk out here. You're going to have a level of confidence if you open your heart now. If you open your heart and say, Lord, okay, I, I got some decisions to make. I need some wisdom. I need to know how to do this thing moving forward. If your heart is open, then God's going to help you this morning. Amen. He's going to help you this morning, all right? Number one, so we want to make wise decisions. Number one, this is an easy one, but we got to say it. Pray. Now, many of you say, well, Pastor, I, that's a no-brainer. Come on, pray. You'll be amazed how many people make decisions first and then pray to God later. You'd be amazed. I know none of y'all ever do that, but you'd be amazed. We talk about praying. We're talking about inviting God into the process and allowing God, watch this, to change some things. Allowing God, you see, see, one of the things, if we're going to start with wisdom, we, gotta, we, we have to come to a place that, that, that first and foremost, that the Bible says, Jesus says, if, if any man want to come after me, he have to first do what? Deny himself. Do y'all know how powerful that is? I mean, think about it. He says, if you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Oh. I want you to think about that for a minute. Deny yourself. You mean deny me? Yeah, you. So when we pray, we're inviting God into the process because now I'm about to make a decision. I need to make sure that I check in with God. I need to make sure that I bathe this thing in prayer. I need to make sure that I'm really seeking him with a sincere heart. Everybody say sincere. Sincere heart means that your motives are pure. Do you go to God? You don't have no motive. You're just saying, Lord, this is what I want. But, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm open, Lord, to what you want to do in my life. I'm open, God, because I understand that this is not my life. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. I belong to him. So if I want to make wise decisions, particularly as a Christian, how I many know you need to pray? Bible says in Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean out your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him. That don't mean like as you're going, you just say, oh, by the way, God. No, 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 no. That means that, man, I'm going to sit down. I got a plan. This is what I'm thinking, Lord. Will you please show me if I'm right? How many know God wants to show you? James 1.5. Yeah, James 1.5. says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That's strong right there. He said, how many of you lack wisdom? 
He said, if any one of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And, and here's what God says. He didn't say, well, you know, you asked and I might give it to you. <laughs> he didn't say that. You know what he said in James 1, 5? He said, he said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. God said, I'll give it to you. God is not playing hide and go seek with his wisdom. If there's a deficit of wisdom this morning, you just need to get it from tapping to God. God is not out there saying, oh, you want wisdom? Oh, come and find me, come and find me. No, he said, if anyone wants to come and ask me, I'll give it to you. Because God wants you to be wise. God wants, how many know God is on your side? If God be for you, who can be against you? He, so he wants you to come to him. He said, come unto me, come to him. He'll give you wisdom. Number two. These are some preliminaries, but we only got seven of these. Commit and obey the word. Commit and obey. Everybody say obey. obey. Psalm 119, 105 says this. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many know the word of God is your wisdom? Aren't you glad that God didn't leave you here like an orphan to try to figure? He's given you, you know, his word. He's given you his Holy Spirit. How many know? that we need to make a commitment that, that, listen to me, the CNN news, I'm just throwing out news, Channel 7 news, whoever the news, they don't determine who you are. They don't determine how you live your life. What's popular, let me tell you something right now, folks, what's popular usually ain't in sync with God. You know, if you're going to walk with God, you got, you're going to walk against the grain. I'm just going to be straight up with you. Now, if you don't want to do that, you'll keep struggling in life. But, you know, if you really want to walk with God, you're going to, you're going to go against the grain, and you've got to be comfortable with that. So we've got to obey the word of God. It's, it's funny. I'm not picking on anything, but just I'll, I'll take it as an example. When, when, when they say things like, oh, you know, this big thing now for every pastor now, the acid test is, you know, they ask every minister this about same-sex marriage. I mean, that's a big thing with that going on today. Big thing with that going on. And, 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 and listen, I, I love people, and, and God bless, and God help those that are struggling. But let me help. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something, that whatever the world is saying that is right, if God's words condemn it, then you got to stand with the word. Amen. Period. It ain't no debate for you. You ain't sitting there struggling with that. Why are you struggling? You know what God's word says. You know what his word says. And they will tell you today that God's word is, 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 is out of date. It's outdated. You know, that was back in those biblical. Oh, by the way, you know there was some man that wrote that anyway. That's what they say. Am I right about it? I preached it. I don't care. I don't care no more. I don't. I care, but I don't care. I got to tell the truth. You, you, you see, you see. Here, here's the thing. When you're committed to the word of God, I'm going to make wise decisions. So I'm going to look. I'm going to be committed to God's word. I'm going to obey His word, even if it ain't popular. You got to do it. But I, I know it's hard. I know it's tough. But just, just love people. Now we just did a whole series on love. For some of you who don't know that series, go online. You can upload the whole series. Because we love everybody. We welcome everybody. Everybody is welcome in the house of God. Everybody is welcome in the house of God. But nobody goes above the word. Everybody is accountable to the word. That foundation church it is. Number three, we got to weigh 
the decision. So the first one, we got to pray. Number two, commit and obey the word. Number three, we got to weigh the decision. Proverbs says, watch this, wisdom is the principal thing. In other words, principal means the most important. This Proverbs 4, 6. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. Now, I want you to hear this. But in all your gettings, get understanding. All right? Do y'all hear that? So he says wisdom is the most imp important thing. So you want knowledge so that you can walk in wisdom, right? Because how many know that if you don't, let me tell you something right now. You can't make a wise decision if you don't know nothing. Amen. See, I used to have this thing. Let me be honest with you. I, you know, I'll confess my own shortcomings. Hallelujah. Because y'all don't have any, so I'll just confess my own. Amen. Uh, but I used to think as a, as a young, particularly as a young Christian, man, I just pray and I would just ask the Lord for wisdom. But I didn't do nothing to prepare. I didn't do no research. I didn't do anything. I just said, Lord, give me wisdom. I just prayed, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. But I did nothing. Because in my mind, I just thought, well, I just, I just, just pray for it and, and you know, and, and it's just going to just flow on me. He says, wisdom is the principal thing. But with all your gettings, get understood. Get knowledge, get information. Say, for example, if you're going to make a decision on uh, a job, a career, a move, or whatever it might be, how many know that if you want to make a wise decision, you need to do your homework? You need, if you're going to move, you need to study the demographic. You need to study, you need to first figure out if I could afford this. You got to figure out how it's going to affect the rest of my finances. You got to figure out the climate. You got to figure out the neighbors. You got to figure out a whole lot of things. If I'm going to, if I'm looking to make a wise decision, I got to ask a whole lot of questions. I can't make a wise decision unless I have the information that I need. Somebody say amen. amen. So, so if you want to walk in wisdom, you got to do your homework. If you want to start a business, you got to understand what you're walking into. He said, with all your gettings, get understanding. He didn't see, see. Again, power of choice, right? Brain. Think. Say think. Think, church. Think. He said, with all you're getting, get understanding. So here's what I'm doing. I'm about to make a, a wise decision. I want to make a wise decision, so I need to do some research. Yeah. And for those of you who, 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 who <laughs> let me help y'all. Um, relationships, relationships are a big deal, isn't it? Amen. There's nothing more important to you than who you will hook up with for the rest of your life. Outside of Christ, the second most important decision is who you marry. <laughs> Can you think of another more important one? <laughs> Outside of Christ, who you link up with for the rest of your life is very, very important. So if I'm going to hook up, look, if I'm looking for a mate, for an example, then I need to do some research. I tell the ladies who sing, I said, look, if you, got a, if you got a girl or whatever, you know, you got a guy, bring him to church. Let the brothers seek him out. Let the brothers size him up. Amen. If you don't know how to do it, let the brothers help you out. And, you know, and this thing, and it's funny because people, you, people get in relationships, man, and they get mad. And then, they, you know, it's like they, they, they did not really take heed and listen to what God was saying. They did not, did not follow his word to a T because she was cute. She looked good. I want her. Well, you got her. <laughs> you got her now. But you don't understand. You don't know how much I mean. We just seem so right for each other. How I many know 
that, that, that as a Christian, everybody say Christian. Everybody, just, just because people come out, let me help y'all, just because people say, well, you know, I, you know, I go to church, that don't mean they love Jesus. Right. A dog would go to church if you ask him. Right. Come here, boy. How many know they come running? <laughs> well, they go to church. Okay. That ain't the acid test whether or not somebody is walking with God. If, if you want to walk in wisdom, I need to know, look, look, look. If you talk about relationship, do you got a prayer life? Uh, how, how, much Bible, how much Bible do you read during the day? Do, do you walk with God? Do you pray? Do you go to church? Or do, do I have to call you to make you? I mean, who, who, do, do you know anything? I mean, what's the, what, give me a book in the Old Testament. I mean, name the 66 books of the Bible. <laughs> let, let, that be your acid test. Ladies, like single acid test. Name 60. They can't do that. <laughs> you ain't reading the Bible. Why? And why do we say that? Because I want to get understanding, right? So I'm about, I'm about to yoke up. So I need information. See, it is not just, and people get hooked up with people and they get yoked up and then they get upset and their life in this terrible. But you go back and you look at that situation. God probably gave you some warnings a long time ago. But you were like, no, no, God. I'll save her. I'll save him. I'll get him right. Nope. <laughs> I've been living for 40 same years. Nope, don't work that way. That you got what you got. You got what you got. So I'm just trying to help you. Now, I, so, I, so, so those of you that already made a bad choice, or, I mean, a choice, um, <laughs> grace and mercy, oh God. Because <laughs> that's what you need. Because it, it's over. You made the choice. You just got to walk with it, deal with it, and keep on moving on. Believe God. How many know that God gives grace and difficulty? But we're talking about making wise decisions. And so I want to get information, amen? I want to I weigh the decision. I want to understand before I make the decision. I need to know what I'm dealing with. I don't want to just make it. I, can you please tell me what I'm dealing with here? Tell me something about it. You're going to start a business? Tell me, tell me about your business. What you want to do? What kind of homework have you done? Let me know. That's wisdom. That'll help you walk in wisdom. All right. Number four. You have to have peace about your decision. Colossians 3.15 says this. Oh, I got to run. <sighs> Colossians 3.15 says this, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God, let the peace of God. How many know that God's peace is important? He said, let the peace of God rule. That means govern your heart. You may be in the process of making a decision, right? And you may not have a peace about it. Just something in you. It's like everything seems to be right. Everything on the surface seems to be good, but then you're getting ready to pull the trigger. It's like at very minimum, you need to sit back and you need to first say, okay, God, what are you trying to say to me? Don't just forge ahead. Just stop. Now, it does not mean that God is saying no. It could mean that God want to protect you from something. I'll give you an example. Let me, let me try something real tangible. I think you can get it. Say you were buying a house, right? Say you were buying this house, and, 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 and it fits your budget. Uh, you know, you, you, you love your neighbors. Uh, you know, you like the climate. The, the atmosphere is good. Everything is just perfect. Things are great. And, man, because and, and you, you've done your homework and everything is good. But all of a sudden, it comes time for you to go and sit down and sign them papers. Y'all know what I'm talking about, them papers? 
them papers. They make you sign some papers when you buy a house. Amen. They make you sign some paper. But right before you get ready, you just don't have a piece about it. You don't understand it, but something wrong. Now, some people look at it and say, well, I don't have a piece about it. That's automatically mean that God is saying, no, it maybe, maybe God is saying that the real estate agent is crooked and you better not sign with that real estate agent because they're going to rip you off. You don't know what it might be. But if you don't have a piece about something, you need to stop first and figure out what it is. God, what, God, what are you saying? God, what's happening here? God, can you please help me to determine what's going on here? Because if you do that and you wait, how many, everybody say wait. wait. See, we need patience, don't we? We got to wait because you don't want to jump ahead of God. But if you don't have a piece about something, just sit back and say, wait till you get to a place where you got that piece and then you make a move. Because at the end of the day, you got to live with you. See, when I make decisions in my life, I want to make decisions. And, you know, and if I made a decision because you told me to make a decision, I'm going to be mad if it ain't the right one. I'm going to be mad at you. But if I made a decision because I wanted to make the decision, I'm okay with even if it's wrong. I, I did the best I could. I, with the information I got, I made a choice. But you, don't, but you, want, but you want to know. If the Holy, and the Holy God, I mean, God will speak to you through his Holy Spirit. He'll say, there's not a piece. You don't have a piece about it. What's wrong? What's wrong? Then confirm. Figure out what it is. It could just be you, some bad pizza, some nerves. It could be anything, but you better stop. Stop and say, I'm going to listen and wait for God right here. And I ain't going to make a move till God gives me the green light. Amen? Which brings me to my next point. Don't act hastily. I mean, no, you can't act hastily. One of the things about God, you remember, you remember what happened when Lazarus was, uh, was dead? And he was getting ready to die, and they told Jesus. I don't have time to turn there, but you know, they told Jesus. They said, Jesus, Lazarus is dead. You know, usually somebody about to die, what do you do? Hop in your car, you leave. Got to go, got to go, got to go. The Bible says Jesus hung out, come, waited for him to die. God ain't never in a hurry. I've, I, this is what I found out about myself, that however, at whatever pace I'm going, God usually operates like two gear shifts lower than me. Because we like to move fast. We're quick. We're fast in a hurry. And I told y'all before, and when them salesmen tell me that, I mean, you better do it today. I'll walk right out. See you. Don't, don't, and I tell them right up front. I, this is what I tell them. I said, look, right before we start, don't tell me I have to do this today. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm out. Because I don't have to do nothing today. You see what I'm saying? I don't have to do nothing. Because, see, I'm going to wait. See, the devil loves to make people move Hastily, quickly. You know why? Because he don't want you to think. He wants you to be led by your emotions. He just wants you to jump in there. Hurry up, hurry up. You love him, don't you? Go ahead, go ahead and marry him. Hurry up, hurry up. Don't worry about the fact that he's lazy, don't like to cut the grass, don't want to work. Don't worry about that, just marry Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Y'all know what I'm saying? So you got to learn how to slow down. And, and let me give you some wisdom. Here, here's this to help. If you, especially if you're a person that deals with that, you got that impulsive thing going on, here's what you do. Before you pull the trigger, you get ready to make a purchase, and everything is set, and you can do it, whatever it might be. I'm just using purchase. Whatever you, it could be anything. Just sit back and say, do this. Say, you know what? I can pull the trigger today, but I'm going to go home and sleep on it. See you tomorrow. And it's if a God, it'll, it'll be there for you. Because God, how many know God is sovereign? He controls time. Your God controls. He made time stand still. You know he did that one time. (laughs) 
So we don't need to be in a rush. Don't act hastily. People who people who people make bad choices because they make them quickly. Because they don't want to think it through. Because if they're honest, they just want what they want. They want it now. I was driving, I rented a car. I was up in Dallas early this week, and I rented this Ford Explorer. And this is a brand new Ford Explorer. And it's one of the, and new Ford, Ford has really improved in, in the way they make their cars now. I mean, they're really getting a lot better, I'm telling you. Because I said, I got a Ford now. And I said, man, I ain't going to never get another Ford. I'm done with Ford. But I drove this one Ford. His <laughs> brother laughed like he know what I'm talking about. But I drove this one Ford. And, <laughs> and I'm like, man, this, yeah, because I was like, no, I ain't even thought about no car, right? Car ain't even on the radar. I'm like, I'm praising God because I ain't got no car payments. I ain't got no car payments. And I'm just praising God. I ain't got no car payments. But boy, I got up in this car, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe the Lord might be saying, you know, I'm like, man, Ford, you know, maybe. I had to pull back. I was like, that's an old Gary. I had to put him down. That old, you know, that old you try to rise up, kill him. Keep killing him. Get down, get down, get down. Down, boy, down, boy. Talk to yourself. Keep yourself straight. Don't act too hastily. Amen? We got to move. Um, what number are we on? All right, number six. Get godly counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen. We're almost done. Um, where there is no counsel, the people fail, fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So I'm going to make a decision. This is where a fellowship of other believers are so important. You know what I'm saying? That the Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counselors. So then if I'm going to make a decision, it's a good idea for me to go and talk to my brothers and sisters, right? Talk to somebody who have experience. And I want godly counsel. Everybody say godly. I want people counseling me about my business that have a Christian worldview. If you ain't got a Christian worldview, then I'm not saying you can't help me, but at the very least, I'm listening to you, and I'm listening very closely. And I'm very skeptical because I have a Christian worldview. And so the Bible said there's safety in the multitude of counsel. Say Brother Jacobs is saying, well, Pat, I'm going to start a business. It would be a good idea for Brother Jacobs to go talk to somebody else. Hey, brother, especially somebody else in the church, you may have a business. Hey, I'm praying about starting a business. Uh, brother told me this morning, say, I'm going to start a business. Then it would be a good idea for him to go and talk to people that have some instincts about business and talk to godly people. And, 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 and not only that, but talk to smart godly people too. Yeah. You know, because sometimes, you know, all of, we all love the Lord, but, you know, we all don't know what we're talking about all the time. I mean, I'm just, y'all know that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that, that's okay. That's okay. Just, you know, get wisdom. Know who to talk to. Figure out who you, who you, but get godly counsel. Before you make a major decision, you need to talk to somebody about it. Just share. Say, look, let me, let me explain. You know, I'm about to make this decision. Can you please help me? And you'd be amazed of the kind of wisdom you would get that will help you in your life moving forward. Lastly, this is one everybody wanted to hear. This is the last one. Act on your decision. Everybody say act. See, once you have prayed, right, once you have, we're going through them, once you have prayed, you have committed and obeyed yourself to the word, uh, commit, commit yourself and obey the word, you've weighed the decision, you've got all the information that you need, you have a peace about it, you, you know that you're, in, you're not doing anything that violates the integrity of the word of God, uh, you, you know, you haven't moved hastily, you've really, you've been patient about this whole thing, and, and, and you've gotten counsel, you did all of that, now you're at the point now where you can go ahead and make a decision. Everybody say, make a decision. Because sometimes some folks just scared to me. You ever met people like that just won't make a decision? I had a brother, a dear brother, he, and he loves the Lord. I tease him all the time. He loved, but that boy never made, it take him two years, it take him years to make a decision. I'm like, brother, come on, man. He, but he's wise, though. I tell you what, every decision he make, he's sound. 
But boy, it take them a long time. Sometimes I'm like, brother, you just took too long. You could have did that a long time ago, brother. Come on, man. So that's a common point in time that we just need to act. Everybody say act. So you just act on your decision. Act on what you believe. You believe you're doing the right thing. That God hasn't shown you anything. The Bible says faith without works is what? Dead. So now I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to make a decision. And I'm not going to worry about it at that point because I've done all my homework. I've trusted God. I've sought the Lord. And I'm there. Amen? All right. Amen? So, so now, do we give you some nuggets to help you? Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your word, Lord. Um, Father, I pray this morning, I pray this morning that, um, Lord, you would help us. There, there are some people here today. Um, if, you, if you're in the midst of a major decision, just raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. Amen. Lord, Lord, this, this is a testimony to you. Lord, look at the hands of your, your people, Lord. They got some major decisions that they're making, Lord. I don't know what they are, but you know. God, will you please help them? Will you please give them wisdom, give them discernment, give them understanding, God? Give them the tools that they need, Father, to make the best decisions for them and their families, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit of the living God will bring clarity and there will be no confusion. There will be no confusion, God, no confusion. And those who have your hands up, repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I commit myself to following you, obeying your word, and seeking your will. Help me, Lord, to understand my path moving forward. I trust in you. I believe in you. I have the victory. I'm going to make wise decisions because I'm following you and I'm trusting you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Now, we're going we're gonna to get ready to do communion here, and then we're going to be out. But let, let me say this, because we never like to close the service at all unless we give everybody an opportunity to receive Christ. Because we said before that the beginning of wisdom is first the fear of the Lord. You got to know the Lord. And if you don't know the Lord this morning, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you today to come and experience love personified. Come and experience the one who can make your life so much better. Come to the waters and drink. You who are thirsty, you who are hungry, you who, have, who just can't figure it out, come to the waters and drink today. There's salvation for you today. You say, Pastor, I've been playing games, Pastor. I just want to know. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want him. I want him. I love him. I need him in my life. I need him. I'm lost today. If that's new, slip your hand up. We just want to pray with you. Right, we just want to pray with you. We want to offer you the greatest love, the greatest love of all time. Amen. Amen. Is there one who say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus today? Is there one? Is there one? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. At this time, we're going to prepare for communion um, at this point of his service. As the Apostle Paul said, communion is a chance that we remember the Lord. Um, we, we think about 
the fact that he died and rose for our sins. We think about all that he's done for us. We are awaiting his return, and we are re-identifying ourselves with him. Every time we take communion, it's like, it's like a, in, a, in a very fresh way, we're reconnecting with Jesus. Uh, and it's like he's becoming more and more real to us. When we take communion, it's not an act of futility. It, 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 is, a, it, is, a, it is a connection with the Almighty God in a fresh way. And so the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church that whenever they did communion, that they were first to examine themselves, all right? Examine your heart. Before we, communion is for believers. If you're a believer this morning, we welcome the table. It's for you. Um, but take a moment, and before we take communion, we do it every first Sunday, and search your heart. If there's any sin, if there's anything in your life that is not consistent with God, we want you to confess that right now. Take a moment before we take communion, confess to God, uh, re-energize your relationship with him in a very fresh way, and then we will, and we will take communion together. So let's take a couple of minutes and do that, will we? section followed by the midsection followed by the section to my right to serve themselves at the communion table and then we'll come back and we'll eat together Let's start with this side
For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, we thank you so much that because you were broken, we have life. God, help us never take it for granted. Help us never, Lord, to get used to hearing those words that you were broken for us. And Lord Jesus, as we eat this bread this morning, God, I pray that your healing power your love and your grace, Father God, will invigorate our souls as we eat this bread this morning in remembrance of you. Shall we eat together? same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat and drink this bread and this drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death till he come Father we Thank you for your blood, the blood of the new covenant. This is symbolic of your promise to us that you love us and that you're coming back for us. This blood is a testimony of our sins that have been forgiven and washed away. Your blood has never lost power and it never will. And because of your blood today, Jesus, we stand forgiven. We stand set free. We stand made whole because of the blood of the Lamb. So, Lord, as we take this blood this morning, God, may we have a newfound appreciation for the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice that was made for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Shall we drink together? Pass those over to your right. The ushers will collect those. Got some praise for the word that he gave us today. Church, at this time we have a prayer request. I'm going to ask Brother Crook to please come forward. Just found out that apparently Brother Crook's brother in Texas has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And we'd just like to pray for him and pray for healing for his brother that God will take it away. Okay? So come on, church, stretch forth your hands towards our brother here. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to come here today, Father. We, we thank you so much for our blood brother here, Lord. We ask you to please heal his brother, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, of his cancer, Father God. Please bring healing upon his body. Rid his body of anything that is not healthy, Father God. Please bring healing upon him. Please make him whole. Restore him, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. We're crying out to you. We're asking you in unison, Father God, that you will heal him and restore him back to his original state of health, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Come on, church, let's stretch forth our hands towards heaven. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for blessing us with your word today. A mighty message yet again, Lord. Father, we ask you to please give us wisdom, Lord, in all of our choices that we make in the future, Lord. Please help us to be wise, Lord. Give us wisdom and understanding, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we ask you to please bless each and every one of us throughout this week, Lord, all the way until we return right back here into your house of prayer. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for everything. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. See you next week. Amen.